When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field, back in the saddle on short sleep, Wes. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have an uplifting victory to try to perk up the proceedings here. A tough loss for the Packers on Monday Night Football at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. The final is 19-13 to to the Las Vegas Raiders. And... I know we can talk about the struggles on offense in the first half once again and all that. The bottom line in the NFL is when you have chances to win games, you got to go win them. And the Packers had two opportunities, two big-time opportunities to score in the fourth quarter of this game with first downs in Las Vegas territory. And both of those possessions ended with interceptions, and that's how the Raiders came out with the win. Yeah, and last week you and I discussed, I mean, the Raiders only had one takeaway in the season. It had come a week earlier, but sometimes they do come in bunches, and in the Raiders' case, it definitely happened in this case. Three interceptions for Jordan Love, two of those going to that same linebacker for the Raiders. Um, Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane. I think Spillane is how it's pronounced. Yeah, that's a new one for me, but... I'm too tired to care. Uh, I am as well. And, you know, the Packers just didn't make enough plays. And I think the most bizarre thing of this game was, and we'll talk about the full overall encompassing part of it, but the Packers checked so many boxes in terms of what you and I discussed last week as the keys to victory. Devontae Adams did not go off. I actually thought they did a really good job against Josh Jacobs outside of really one 24-yard carry that started one of their long-scoring drives. Yep. You know, they – Anders Carlson won the kicking battle against his brother. <laughs> there were so many different parts to this, but Mike, Matt LaFleur talked about it afterwards. You mentioned it in the intro. When you lose the turnover differential the way Green Bay did to a team that was dead last in the NFL when it came to turnover margin, yeah. it's going to be hard to find a way to win. And for a team that did not have Aaron Jones again, for you know, in need of a, a guy to step up, Christian Watson made a couple nice plays, but... In the end, it, it just wasn't enough, and, and Green Bay wasn't able to get that one final play they needed to be able to pull out a victory. Yeah, that fourth quarter was certainly frustrating because, you know, you you look at Packers had a earlier in the fourth quarter, right after the Raiders had taken the lead back at 17-13. to 13, I believe it was the opening play of the fourth quarter. They uh, finished that 10-play touchdown drive. Packers came right back, had a first down at the Las Vegas 40-yard line, 
plenty of time left on the clock. You're obviously looking to score a touchdown, or if you get a little bit further and can get a field goal, it's 17 to 16, and yeah. it's game on for the last 10 minutes or whatever the case might have been. But then the Packers take a sack, then the next pass is forced a little bit into tight coverage, gets deflected for an interception. So you get a sack and a pick. Then late in the fourth quarter, after Daniel Carlson clanks the right upright for <clears throat> 52 yards, Josh McDaniels with an interesting decision there to try to kick the field goal to go up seven as opposed to just go for it on fourth and one, which would have essentially iced the game based on the clock and the timeouts. But the Packers get a break there. The elder Carlson hits the upright, so the Packers get great field position on the 42. You've got almost two full minutes on the clock. You've got a timeout, and they get a first down at the Las Vegas 35-yard line. Now, obviously, you need a touchdown because of that other missed opportunity, but then right when everything seems to be going in Green Bay's direction, you get a drop by Romeo Dobbs, a tough drop by Luke Musgrave on a pass that, you know, loves trying to fit it in there with two defenders converging. So the pass is a little bit behind Musgrave, I think intentionally, but he gets his hands on it, can't hold on to it. So you have essentially two drops that then are followed by an interception in the end zone when he tries to take the shot to Watson and and Love says he underthrew it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Jordan Love stood at the podium and took his medicine. Hey, I got to protect the ball better. Three interceptions. You know, he has to be better in that area. But his teammates need to be better, Wes. I mean, the Packers had their chances in this game, and you can't put it all on the first-year starting quarterback. You can't be giving up a sack when you cross into – opposing territory can't be dropping passes with less than two minutes to go Packers have a lot of stuff to figure out on offense particularly in the first half with the last three games in a row the first half has been has been really a really big struggle on offense but the Packers have a lot more issues right now than just the fact that Jordan loved through three interceptions yeah and, and just trying to figure out a plan you know with Max Crosby he, he wasn't <clears throat> how do I say this because I don't want to be disrespectful to Max Crosby, but I, Max Crosby wasn't moving around as much as, as Aiden Hutchinson did, but then he comes on a stunt which basically goes around the Packers' entire offensive line yeah, and gets to the quarterback. I mean, things like that, you just you can't have it happen that way. And I, I just felt like when we talked at the beginning of the season, Mike, it was all about you got a young quarterback, you need everybody else to raise their game up to, to kind of take the pressure off of him. And that just hasn't happened lately. I mean, it's been a lot on Jordan Love to make things happen, to make plays. And when you try to force the play, you sometimes could force the takeaway. 
and this was one of those cases. I really like the plan coming out of the gate. It was it was very run heavy based. Um, you know, there were some things about you know the first 15 plays. Maybe a lot of that scripted for Aaron Jones, and you don't have him. But I thought AJ Dillon really stepped up. Has you know ran for 20 carries for 76 yards. Had that one series after the takeaway from Rudy Ford where right. he marches down the field basically kind of pulling the offense on his back, 34 yards on six carries. They get the touchdown, their only touchdown of the game. But when the Packers had to go the full distance of the field, trying to play error-free football for 10 plays, 12 plays, without a negative yardage play, without a penalty, proved really problematic for Green Bay. And and when you go through a first half and it's just one touch for Christian Watson, nothing yet for Romeo Dobbs, nothing really for Jaden Reed, it, it's just it's tough to get the offensive rhythm mo- going. It is funny, though, the fact that Green Bay was able to establish A.J. Dillon, I think, went a long way to that 77-yard completion to Christian Watts. Absolutely. The play-action play rolling across his body. Yeah, busted coverage, busted coverage there by the Raiders, and, uh, and yeah, Watson made the big play. But in those explosive games, if you're going to have setbacks, you need to be able to counter with explosives, and that's really the only one Green Bay was really able to muster in this thing. And, and unfortunately, as you mentioned with the horse collar, ends up only being three points. Yeah, I mean that was that was a tough break because uh, as I mentioned in Insider Inbox when I was writing that on the plane in the wee hours flying back, you know that horse collar tackle inside the ten yard line, the penalty only ends up being worth three yards. It's first and goal in three. You still got to be able to punch it in. That's a huge missed opportunity. Four points off the board there when the Packers have to settle for a field goal. But clearly that the punishment doesn't fit the crime there, right? I mean, you know that's that's a personal foul. But it only ends up being three yards, and essentially it's a it's a it's an illegal touchdown saving tackle that works in the Raiders' favor. Um, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you know, you can't you can't rewrite the rule book on on something like that. But um, but it's just uh, it's it's one of those things that one of those things that went against the Packers. But you have to th- three games in a row, Wes. Uh, the first half, the Packers have just not been able to figure anything out on offense. I agree with you. I thought the game started, you know, with the with the run heavy, the run heavy stuff. It looked like a lot of the straight ahead, you know, more of the I guess the classic traditional running plays with AJ Dillon were, you know, grinding out some yards, moving the chains. There was a, looked like a a breakdown or miscommunication on that third down play in uh, in Raiders territory that then led to the Packers' first punt. But I think. Matt LaFleur thought, okay, the run, you know, those early runs with AJ Dillon were going to we're gonna set some things up, we're gonna open some things up, and then everything the Packers tried, you know, they they tried some, you know, some end around or some more, I guess, unconventional or misdirection type of runs. Those weren't working. The play action wasn't really doing anything. Jordan Love made a made a bad, really bad decision on his first interception, didn't see the linebacker and uh, and threw it right to him. That gave the Raiders three points. Just nothing in the first half was working. And whether it's a matter of figuring out how guys like Aiden Hutchinson and Max Crosby are not going to, uh, you know, wreck your offense and not going to dictate how things go out there, or just finding something to hang your hat on to get the offense going, to get some sort of a rhythm established. Three straight games with zero, three, and three points, whatever order those were in, um, in the first half. That's just making life way too difficult for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and it's not just a Jordan Love problem. It was an Aaron Rodgers problem, too. It's almost like after the Devontae Adams era ended, there were so many times, Mike, especially in third and short 
you can go to Devontae Adams. And everybody knew the ball was going to Devontae Adams, but you could dial that up and you could find a way to keep moving the chains. Green Bay has kind of struggled to find that. And it doesn't matter if it's third yep. and short or third and longer. I agree. Being able to, to get those opportunities, something you can go to. They've kind of teased it a little bit with some of the Luke Musgrave plays, but then like you mentioned later in the game, when you need that catch late, you're not able to come up with it. First quarter, I mean, I get it. Three points now in the first, last six points in the last three first halves right. uh, for Green Bay. I didn't take a lot of issue with the, the first half, though. I thought no, the first quarter. I thought the first quarter actually did set the tone. The problem for Green Bay in this one was that second quarter. Because as you mentioned, you come out and you have the three and out. You have three, you know, a negative yardage play to Patrick Taylor. And you're not able to get anything going after that. And then the, the interception to Spallone. That is where Spillane, sorry. That, that's where things started to tilt a little bit more. Green Bay's defense got thrown in some tough predicaments. They came up. I thought they responded. First time since 2018 that they've had back-to-back third-down sacks to end the opposing offense's initial drives, first two initial drives. Uh, Rashawn Gary, I thought, continued to make an impact. I thought despite losing Quay Walker to the knee and Darnell Savage to the calf, the, the defense rallied uh, between the pieces that were there. But it came down to those two longer series for the Raiders. And when the Packers were unable to match that and produce points off that, that's going to be the outcome in the game. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the defense a little bit too because, you know, if you had told me when we were talking about this last week, if you had said, all right, Mike, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams are going to combine for less than 120 yards in this game, or I, I guess maybe it was a little more than that if you count Jacobs receiving yards, but as far as Jacobs rushing yards and Adams receiving yards, I think it was 114. Yeah. Was yep. the total between the two? If you had told me that, I would have said I would have said, you know, hey, the Packers should be in great shape here, right? And as you mentioned, it was really only one play, one damaging play by each guy. The one, the 24-yard run by Jacobs that started the um, the long touchdown drive in the third quarter, the one that ended on the first play of the fourth quarter, where the Raiders took the lead, as it turned out, for good. And then the uh, the 21-yard slant to Devontae Adams, where the Packers got caught in the bad matchup. Preston Smith is lined up across from him. If you're wondering how that happens, go and watch Matt Lafleur's press conference after the game. He was asked specifically about it. He said, "Hey, the Packers were able to do that to other teams as well with Devontae Adams. It has to do with the defensive personnel aligning Devontae Adams in the slot. And then what happens is if the defense is not able to check out of a bad call, then the offense has something that they can take advantage of. And I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm speculating a little bit here." But if you want to try to check out of that call, not having either of your starting inside linebackers on the field makes that type of adjustment a lot a lot harder. And the Packers got caught. Adams made the one really impactful play he was going to make that that got them into the red zone. And, uh, and then the Raiders were able to finish that drive. If I can, I just want to mention one last thing. Yeah. For people, if you didn't have a chance, to, you'll probably touch on that. Well, maybe I don't know how we'll handle it in terms of our coverage. But if you go back and watch the play, the Packers got caught in one of their their variants of their penny personnel. So you have three defensive linemen there. They, they used to toy with this package a little bit with Clay Matthews, too, back in the day where you actually have the, the third – like five tech defensive linemen sort of playing the outside linebacker role. He had his hand in his dirt. I think it was Colby Wood, and I have to go back and look. But because of that, you only have one inside linebacker on the field, and you have your nickel personnel. Well, when the Raiders go spread and they go empty backfield and they have right. five receivers out, that means you now have 
three cornerbacks, Isaiah McDuffie is the inside linebacker, and then by proxy, Preston becomes the the other slot cornerback. Right. It was just a tough situation Green Bay got caught into. I don't know what all goes into that. It, do you need to get – like, how do you get Wilson over to the right side when Preston is the only one on that side with the leverage? Like, Preston's not going to come across the formation to the other side. It, it, it's just, it was a really tricky situation Green Bay found themselves in. Yeah, it's one of, the, it's one of those things. You've got, to have, you've got to have an answer for it. You've got to be able to check out of it, and you've got to be able to do that quickly. And when the offense, when the offense is able to scheme that up, they catch you in – they catch you in a bad matchup based on the personnel grouping that you have. I mean, that that's that's you know, it's an opportunity the Raiders were were waiting for, and when they got it, um, when they got it, they took advantage of it. I will say too, though, the defense you mentioned, um, they stood tall in some spots. Certainly after the first interception, a first and goal, I believe from the seven yard line, the defense holds and and uh, and the Raiders have to kick the field goal. Um, bottom line. You know, and 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 late in the game, yes, Carlson missed the field goal. But even if Carlson makes the field goal, it's still a seven-point well, game, yep. and the offense is getting the ball back there with uh, with a chance to uh, to stay alive in the ball game. I thought, by and large, yes, the two the two long drives were frustrating: a fourteen-play touchdown drive, a ten-play touchdown drive. The Packers had their opportunities to get off the field on both of those drives, but at the end of the day, you hold a a team in the NFL to 17 points, that's a game you expect to win. And uh, um, and as I mentioned in Insider Inbox, I think the, the biggest regret that comes out of this game, especially heading into the bye and all this time to stew about it and think about it, is the Packers wasted a game where the defense played well enough to get you a yeah. win. And that's not always going to happen in this league. But the defense played well enough to get the win, and the offense didn't do its part. Well, Russell Douglas talked about in the locker room afterwards. He said it almost felt like destiny that we were going to find a way to win this because we were getting the stops, and you just thought offensively they were going to find that one big play. It didn't quite happen, unfortunately, yeah. and it played out the way it did. But the, my overwhelming takeaway from this when, when I was looking back at it and, and trying to reassess how everything went down was, you know, Green Bay was in a position once again to win this game. But unlike, you know, you could say the, you know, some of these other contests like the Falcons one where you found a way to lose it late the Packers just didn't find a way to win it and and for that reason now they sit at two and three now entering the bye week yeah I mean where you're at right now they're they're really realistically three of the five games have come down to crunch time and the Packers have come through in crunch time once and they failed in crunch time twice and that is why you're two and three that is why you're below 500 at the break because uh, because what you do when the game is on the line is what matters more than anything else as far as the win-loss column and the Packers uh, quite frankly have the record they deserve. And I, and I will mention because before we transition out of this you do have to offer a tip of the cap to Jacoby Myers. I thought he had a really strong game in this thing. It wasn't about Devontae Adams but Myers became the guy that sort of started moving the chains for them until yes. Devontae made some of those bigger plays late. Seven catches, 75 yards. They were very opportunistic with their tight ends as well. Jimmy Garoppolo did what he does. He found ways to, to kind of chip away at this thing and ultimately put the Raiders in a position to win. Yeah, unfortunately, four sacks by the defense, the one interception, a missed interception by Rasul Douglas that I'm sure he's going to regret for a while. Those, uh, um, you know, 
those all uh, played a factor here, but uh, but the Packers are two and three. A little bit of sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7. 365 and at cousin subs we have something for everyone like our wisconsin cheese curds mac and cheese golden fries and creamy shakes all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl cousin subs 50 years of better all right this is our only show this week because of the buy and we're going to try to take some time away from the office plug in from home recharge um as best we can so i want to talk a little bit about little bit about bigger picture and what's even coming up this weekend the Detroit Lions are four and one they are now two games clear of everybody else in the division and uh, lo and behold there is only one matchup in the NFL this coming weekend that pits two teams against each other with only one loss and it is the Detroit Lions against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah Um, that's going to be an an interesting one. Um, It's on the road. Detroit has to go down to Tampa. Tampa coming off of a bye. But I don't know if in in week six anybody would have circled Detroit and Tampa Bay as uh, maybe the most intriguing game on uh, on the NFL schedule. But I think it's one a lot of people are going to have their eyes on. Yeah, it will. And and credit to the Lions. I mean, we talked about it, you and I, on, on Sunday. They did what they were supposed to do against a winless football team. Yep. They dictated terms, and I thought they just dominated. Jared Goff was exceptional. I thought David Montgomery, ever since coming back from the thigh injury, has looked really good. Just completely dominated, especially in the second half of that game. Tampa Bay is so scrappy, and they have weapons. Like I think people kind of forgotten. I'm probably included in that. Yeah, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin didn't go anywhere. They're I fine. Mean, they're, they're still there. They're still there, and, <laughs> yeah. and Baker Mayfield's using them. And it's funny because you can't even say, well, the running game isn't being that productive. It wasn't that productive last year with Leonard Fournette either. No. So, But defensively, they still have a really good nucleus there. I think that's going to be a really good test for Detroit's offense, seeing how they match I agree. up I uh, agree. with a team of that caliber. But but certainly, um, when you think about teams that you know weren't exactly expected to be front runners in the NFC, these have been probably two of the bigger surprises to varying degrees. Uh, out of the gate so far this season and the other one with the Packers on their bye that uh, the fans of the NFC North will be watching Minnesota's at Chicago both teams are one and four so barring a 70 minute stalemate as I like to say one of these teams is going to be one and five um, and uh, and in last place by their lonesome in the NFC North um, the Vikings Vikings gave the Chiefs all they could handle took them uh um took them right to the wire um and uh the bears still trying to uh still trying to figure some things out letting some opportunities get away well now justin jefferson's on injury reserve so i mean that that's going to be an ultimate test here you know kevin o'connell talked about it you have to maybe do things a little bit more unconventional on the viking side of things but that's a tough blow because i mean that is your mvp that is your cornerstone of your offense and if he's not available with his hamstring for at least four games It's going to be a tough, tough thing to overcome. Yeah. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. 
but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to run one more thing past you, and I almost can't believe, you know, me of the it's the week-to-week league, right? I almost can't believe I'm going to ask you this, but it feels like I have to because Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers are both 5-0. and It feels to me like it's going to take – either a major upset in January or a significant change of fortune for somebody before January for these two teams not to meet again for the NFC title. And it's crazy to say that in the middle of October, but does it feel like that to you? Boy, and they both reloaded, Mike. I mean, like, they're both better, I think, versions of themselves. I mean, DeAndre Swift has sort of found a new chapter of his career he looks like a completely we different player in that Eagles yeah. offense, which is which is wild because we're seeing David Montgomery look almost like a completely different player in the Lions offense compared to, you know, all of his, and I know some of it was health-related, but all of his, like, you know, fits and starts with the Bears. Yeah, because with the Bears, it almost seemed like he kind of was more gadgety. Like, he could yeah. catch the ball, but he wasn't, like, between the tackles, he wasn't as productive. I, I, I've been really surprised by, I think, how well Swift has fit into the offense and how much they were able to just kind of regroup and, and build forward. I thought Jalen Hurts is coming off one of his better performances of the season. Um, in San Francisco, what can you say, Mike, when you completely manhandle a team like Dallas that is expected to be one of the other front runners in the NFC? Boy, that was, that was the definition of a hitting on all cylinders game yeah. in every phase. I mean, you know, and you don't – you don't see teams do that in you know early to mid October you know for for to to put together a performance like that so early in the season but uh, but that 49ers squad man they have they have a way of always getting up for the biggest games and it was like they knew that was a, they knew that was a big game they were ready for it i still am not convinced we've seen the best of the philadelphia eagles yet i still yeah. think their arrow is kind of pointing up to wherever they're going to reach their peak I don't think the 49ers can play anybody can play any better than they did on Sunday night against the Cowboys. I guess the question is can how long can they stay at that peak? There's going to be a valley at some point. There are just too many games to play. Um but both of those teams it's uh um it's hard not to like, you know, what you see out of those squads. And right as now. much as we talk about the Raiders getting Devontae, I mean, Philadelphia getting AJ Brown could potentially go down as one of like the biggest trades of this era. Of, of football I mean just it, it has been an absolute game changer for their passing game and I think even in AJ Brown's case is really it's taken him from being one of the best receivers to to being now one of the truly elite yeah absolutely well with that we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted and we will head into the bye week as I mentioned this will be the only show this week but we will be back next week on our regular schedule so be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on packers.com for wes i am mike thank you for tuning in everybody we will see you next time live nation presents concert week 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.